Welcome to the Glittercast. I am here with the resident astrologer at astrology.com, Nariana Montufer. Did I say it right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how you say it, actually. I love your accent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, welcome to the Glittercast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yes, no, thank you for having me. I, I love your work and I, I am super excited to talk to your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about kind of like the eclipse season that's coming up right now. And probably I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of Mercury retrograde. This is like my third attempt trying to intro this podcast because every time like my throat would crack or I would mispronounce something. So We were kind of laughing about Mercury retrograde. How have you been with the pre-shadow with Mercury retrograde so far? Well, you know, um, it's definitely affected me because um, I work online, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. And like I have Mercury in my chart. I have Mercury in Sagittarius at five degrees. So it's literally opposing my Mercury. So, I mean, it hasn't been that bad. It's just been like Zoom problems or like the recordings not working. Um, And it just feels really busy, you know, just like so much going on. (laughs) I know. It's weird because I feel like with astrology, I have this part of me that's like still kind of skeptical about certain things, but then like, sure enough, as soon as Mercury enters its pre-retrograde shadow, like my TV is buffering and like, I don't like it continuously proves itself to be so real. Like every time I'm like that Mercury retrograde, like mm, I'm not that scared of it. And then I'm like, Oh, it's coming. It's going to be here. I can feel it. It's messing with me already. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I've done a lot of work for our website with, you know, we have like a retrograde hub on astrology.com and we have a a Mercury retrograde hub on horoscope.com. So like I've done a lot of work on, on the subject and like, to be completely honest, there was a time where I was doubting if the shadow period was actually real or something kind of invented just because Mercury retrograde in general performs really well you yeah. know, for media <laughs> companies and stuff. And like, I did a lot of work with Gary Caton at some point, which is like the, the, the Mercury retrograde dude, you know, he's done an incredible amount of research and he, he doesn't believe in it. So, um, I was kind of a skeptical at some point, but like this time, especially, and like, I think last year there were a couple of times where like, I did notice the shadow Mm-hmm. The shadow zone being more intense than the actual retrograde. But I mean, I am definitely for sure. I jump in the wagon of like the stations in general are the most intense, you know, like oh. that's why sometimes I laugh. Yeah, the stations are because like when a planet is stationing, you know, that's the concept, you know, a lot of people don't know what stationing means. Mm-hmm. It's like when a planet is stationing, it's like it's pregnant. You know, it's like super, super strong. So, um, you know, that's why I think it's really funny when some people post like, oh, Mercury station indirect, great. And it's like, actually, no, it's mm-hmm. just like station and it's pregnant. So it's like full of energy and it's doing its thing. Even on that day, things can be pretty, pretty crazy, you know, then it goes direct and then it's a little better. But like the station seems to be pretty, pretty intense. And with the other planets, too, not just Mercury. That's interesting. I think maybe another reason, too, why I've kind of been, like, on and off about Mercury retrograde is because I have Mercury retrograde in my chart. And so I feel like for that reason, it's kind of, like, affects me differently. But how do you sort of recommend that people look at their charts in order to sort of gear up for Mercury retrograde or anticipate how it will affect them? Well, I mean, yes, and I think your chart and my chart might be very similar because we're both Scorpios, and I also was born with Mercury retrograde. So, um, I mean, the people who were born with Mercury retrograde definitely have an affinity for the transit, mm-hmm. you know? we It's not that, 
it's not that we don't have mercurial capabilities. That's not true. Because you think about it, you're a writer and I'm a writer, yeah. right? So in like some some astrologers back in the day used to say that people with mercury retrograde are like, that's actually absolutely not true. Like mm-hmm. um, people with mercury retrograde are completely, you know, capable of writing and doing anything mercurial. But we just do have a way of approaching all mercurial things differently. You know, yep. we just have that capability of like really going to see his like what Mercury does, right? In mythology, it's like it goes underworld and like he does to do this work. So like people with Mercury retrograde in their natal charts have pretty good, you know, depending on the sign that it's in, but like they have, they're pretty good at like, um, really digging into subjects and really going deep and like almost kind of in an almost could be almost obsessive way because like <laughs> you know to our Scorpio <laughs> nature again <laughs> totally it's just this like diving deep um and they're they internalize you know like yeah. people with Mercury retrograde internalize a lot of things and like when it comes to transit I mean, it's really nice to know where Mercury is retrograding in your chart because um, it's not it, Mercury. The Mercury retrogrades are not separate. You know, at a, at any given year, Mercury retrogrades in one element. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I think last year or a couple of it was two years in a row that he was going retrograde in the fire sign. Yeah. Right, and then this year is water sign. Right. So there's a story there in, 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 the, in a particular chart, there's a story that correlates to those three houses and those three houses trying. Right. So it's a yearly theme. It's not just like how is Mercury's, these Mercury retrogrades going to affect you. It's like how the year Mercury retrogrades are going to affect you. Where are the houses that in your chart that are getting highlighted and it's a theme. So I find that very interesting. Um, it's a it's a story. It's a yearly story. It's not just these Mercury retrograde. Right. I want to talk about the eclipses, but I first kind of wanted to ask you. I know you have a book coming out, Moon Signs: Unlock Your Inner Luminary Power, which is such a great title. Um, I'm curious, <laughs> um, what like where the inspiration was that made you decide like because this is your first book, right? Yeah, this is my birth, my first book. Yeah, congratulations, first of all. <laughs> thank you, thank you. What what made you decide, like, for my first book, which I'm sure there will be many? What made you decide I'm going to do moon signs? Well, you know, to be honest, like, um, it was. I mean, this whole process of like writing a book, it was was pretty interesting because, like, I've been, I've been in the content creation and editing, you know, um, world. Yeah. World for like a decade. So I am used to really working really fast paced, you know, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating world, but it can be a little intense sometimes just cause like, you know, the way, the yeah. way online works. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, yeah, this whole process of like creating a book was just so, so much slower and so much more detailed. The book wasn't originally going to be just about the moon. It was going to be when, when they approached me, when my, my commission and editor approached me, it was, she was originally wanting to do something about the luminaire. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, we worked together in like a couple of outlines and then they decided that just they just wanted to focus on the moon because people, you know, with so many people getting into astrology now, you know, they all know their sun sign, obviously, but like, yeah. as you know, the next step, you know, is like the moon sign. And like, people are like discovering, you know, oh, you have a moon sign? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's actually like the other, you know, it's like the dark, the darker side of you it's the most intimate and the most private you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah we ended up just doing the moon uh but it originally was going to be different and um 
I mean, I'm pretty happy with, with the result. It was definitely like a journey and like, um, it, it was, it was like a very, very, very good, you know, very fascinating process of like creating a book. But, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't always going to be about it, but it ended up being that way and I'm happy with it. Yeah. So, and I'm fascinated by the moon, you know, yes. just like, yeah. Well, and, and like with eclipses and all that, you know, I mean, the moon is just, it's just so rich. There's just so much to talk about the moon, you know, so. Well, yeah, I mean, I always think it like I always follow it more closely than anything else because it makes changes more than any other celestial body, but it's also the closest to us. And even if we're looking at things from a scientific level, like we know that the moon affects the tides and we're what, like 70 to 80 percent water. So why wouldn't that influence us? And so that's why, like, I agree with you. Like, it's just such a fascinating thing to focus on and look at. And this is kind of a perfect segue into eclipses because um, you'd already kind of started to mention it. So if you, how would you break down sort of like your perspective of what an eclipse is and sort of what comes with that? Yeah, totally. So um, eclipses are like, in short, you know, um, the way I always perceive them is like, the way the universe creates change in our life, you know, and um, they are supercharged lunations, you know, they're like a lunar eclipse is like three times a full moon yeah, and a solar eclipse is three times a new moon. So it's like, I would say they're like lunations on steroids, yes. you know, and they are like portals. You know, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I have seen some of the craziest, most paranormal manifestations of like energy Mm -hmm. during lunar and solar eclipses. You know, I have seen UFOs, I've seen shapeshifters on on those days because um, I'm always around in nature around that time, you know, either actually watching the eclipse or sitting down in silence. And, um, that's why they don't happen that much, you know, cause like they're so intense that like, you know, we couldn't, I don't feel like as humans, we could like manage that much right. energy, you know? Yeah. And also, I mean, I see them as the perfect manifestation of the light and dark, you know, which is like, um, what the universe is built on, you know, it's like light and dark and, um, things getting hidden or things coming to light. Um, so it's, it's a lot of that like game of like what you can see, what you cannot see, what you couldn't see before and you can see now, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like that, that dance between also like the awareness and, and what's happening behind, you know, kind of in your psychic mind as well. So it's a very interesting subject. Um, and also, I mean, I've, I've studied prediction with eclipses and like, it's actually a very complicated topic. Right. Uh, you have to do literally just so much work to try to predict an eclipse. And, 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 and why would you even, because they're like, I mean, I also see eclipses in a, li- in, in a way, a little bit of Uranian. Yes. Like, right. Like really unpredictable. wild car. Yeah. Very unpredictable. Yes. And then, like, sometimes, like, you know, like, what I, what I always tell also my, my audience or my clients, you know, is, like, it's not that the eclipse, you know, for example, this eclipse that we have coming in, in uh, next week, it's not like things are going to happen. I mean, sure, sometimes they do happen right on the day, mm-hmm. but eclipses can bring, they, they do bring change, but it could literally be in three, between three and six months. Some astrologers say three months, some other astrologers say six months. Right. So it's like a really long, you know, energy. It's like, so they're kind of fascinating and in a way, right? Just because, mm-hmm. and you can feel them. I mean, you can totally yes. feel that intensity yeah. during the entire week. 
during the entire week. No, it's so. true. It's true. And I also feel like yesterday and today I've noticed that I'm more psychically sensitive than usual. And, you know, I give like I give psychic readings like several times a week. So I'm really good at turning it on and turning it off and shielding. But it has been more difficult in the last like day or two to like shield and push out energy that I know doesn't belong to me. And I think that might be part of it too. Just the eclipses like around the corner. Yes. I mean, I think again, like people think people say, Oh, eclipse season is when the first eclipse happened. I am of the idea that eclipse season began when the sun entered Gemini because mm-hmm. since the node, you know, the node, the node, node is in Gemini. As soon as the sun entered that yeah. time, it's eclipse season for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's going to be quite a ride. I think, I mean, I don't think necessarily that, but I think it's going to be, I mean, I already feel the intensity because like it's a Jupiter ruled eclipse next year. I mean, next week. Yeah. So I already feel that like, um, that growth of like acceleration of like energy and everything happening all at once. And like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just coming everywhere and um so yeah so I'm actually dying to hear a little bit more about your paranormal experiences I've had when you brought up the correlation between eclipses and paranormal experiences I'd never actually thought to like correlate those events I feel like for me like when I have an extreme paranormal event occur it's like throws me off so much that I'm not thinking about what's happening astrologically. But um, I know when I was in Portland, I was there for the total solar eclipse. I think it was like four years ago, almost three or four years ago. And I had a telepathic communication with someone who I'm like pretty sure is like a hybrid, like half alien, half human or something like that. Um, And I actually wasn't expecting us to get like into the paranormal when we start. And my phone. Can you hear me still? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. My like headphone cut out for a second, which is like, <laughs> hi, Mercury retrograde. We we already acknowledged you. Let us talk about eclipses now. Um, <laughs> but when you said like you had seen a shapeshifter before, I like I immediately mm-hmm. was like, I want I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So like it happened to me and my husband. It was last year. Um, it was right after the pandemic so like we had been home you know for like months and then um i think it was the june eclipse it was it was funny because like i think that this this shapeshifter that both of us saw mm-hmm. from two i mean we were in the same location because he had gotten up you know um i think he picked this day because it was a very, I, I, you probably remember, it was an eclipse on the same day. It was the summer solstice. Yes. And Mercury, Mercury was retrograde. Yeah. So, like, that day was a, well, it, was, it was arguably one of the most energetically charged days yeah. of the year. Yeah. So, we had finally gone away to Arcata. You know, we said, like, we need to go away. Oh, it was the 4th of July weekend. Okay. Now I remember that okay. it was the 4th of July weekend. And, uh, I want, we wanted to be in nature because we're, you know, like we're, we're nature lovers and like we were on the beach, you know, on a beautiful beach that I, someone had told me it was very special. And, uh, it was just literally like the craziest experience because I was sitting, we were sitting on the beach. And it was, it was like not sunset, but getting closer to sunset. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just hanging out. And then, you know, it was really funny the way it happened because we, the way we were sitting on a beach, you had to see someone coming from the parking lot. There was no way for anyone to get to where we were because right. there were all these rocks. Yeah. Right. So 
if there was anything that was anyone that was going to be around, we would have had to see them before. So this is going to sound funny, but like my husband got up to pee, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, that's, that's why we both saw, saw him. He got up to pee and, you know, by the rocks. And so all of a sudden, this guy dressed in black shows up out of nowhere mm. from the rocks, right? And so both of us got a little alerted because we thought there was no one there. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were some other people on the beach, but they were like on the other side. Right. And so we turned and I was like, oh, you know, like, where is this person coming from? Yeah. You know? And then he was alerted too, because he was like pretty close to me, you know, he, you know, I was like, oh, husbands would be like, kind of like alerted, like, oh, is this guy get, where is he coming from? And he's getting closer to my wife, yeah. you know? He walked, so I followed him with my eyes, and he followed him with his eyes. So we were not literally together like he was like a couple of meters away, you know? Yeah. And so we both followed him with our eyes. He went into the ocean. His face, I totally remember his face, too. So his face shifted into a wave, right? Whoa. Like his face became a wave and then that wave shifted into a, a golden brown dog. Whoa. And then the dog came out of the wave. Whoa. It was crazy. Like <laughs> honestly, like I couldn't like I couldn't shift from like that mindset the entire night. Yeah. Because like I mean, I've read Carlos Castaneda's books and all of that, right? Like, when I was a kid, I've always been, like, interested in the in, in this stuff. So, like, I know shapeshifters, but I know that you need the, I know that you need very specific conditions to do that. And I know you need a lot of training and all this stuff. Like, these shamans literally spend their entire life training to be shapeshifters, right? Yeah. And I, because I knew that that day, the astrology was, like, crazy like you know the mercury retrograde specifically also with the eclipse and the solstice I mean that was a very important date so it was like he picked this date and like I think he also he definitely knew we were watching you know and it was just really shocking because like oh because it was really funny as as the as the dog came out of the water I heard my my husband has this really funny kind of like laugh when he gets nervous yeah. you know <laughs> so I just started hearing him going like <gasps> <gasps> and I was like oh you saw that too and he goes yeah how could you not see that wow. like that was insane and then we both kind of try to like we kind of kept talking about it for the and it was a beautiful night it, like the sun came down and it was just a stunning night and we were, we stayed there until like pretty late, and then we kept trying to normalize the event. We said like, I think we saw that, and it was like, yeah, we saw that. Like it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy, I must say. Like I've never seen any. I've seen ghosts, um, and I've seen UFOs, but I've never seen a person shift. Well, especially because into- I, f- I feel like shape shifting is like one of those concepts that's like seems cool in theory but is hard to is like hard to believe and I've heard enough people whose opinions I trust tell me about their experiences to where I'm like yeah you know I've like I've had crazy shit happen to me too I believe in it but I can't even imagine what it's like to actually witness something that is like so out there I mean and to have it be a shared experience I'm curious where your husband is on like the paranormal woo like barometer oh he he so he's like not as i want to say not as into all the stuff as i am Mm -hmm. he's actually an aerospace engineer but he believes in it um he grew up with a ghost so that's his first experience he's a sad rising so like his first experience i mean his first um 
the first thing he ever remembers is a ghost that lived in his house. It was a nice ghost. And like, he remembers her, it was a woman. He remembers her when he felt anxious and he felt like um, nervous. He remembers her coming to to make him feel better. And, so and his mom has talked to me about this ghost too. So it's not just him, you know, like we've openly talked about this nice ghost. Mm-hmm. So, and he was there. And, and then he, I saw an, a UFO this year in Mexico. He did not get to see that. He's upset. Oh. He was like <laughs> facing the other way. But when the, when the UFO landed, it was a bunch of us that saw it. It was like four of us that saw it. And then six more people that didn't see it. But it's funny because these two experiences, I have people telling me I saw that too. It wasn't like just me, you know? And then I've had people be like, what are you on? You know, I'm like, (laughs) I was actually sober. Yeah. Believe it or not. I'll admit that I do drugs, but in this case, I wasn't on them. Like, no. Totally, totally, <laughs> totally. Because like I wasn't, you know, like yeah. we had done, we went to the to the desert, but so it, I had I had it in something, but it wasn't actually working. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> it was like <laughs> no, and 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 I actually started like the second time that we saw it was also an eclipse because we went to see the eclipse um. in the in the desert in Mexico. And uh, it was pretty crazy as well. Like we saw a ship totally coming out of nowhere. Yeah. And and landing on this desert. And we're like the only people in the desert, we think. Um, And my first thought was, who brought their, who brought their, who brought their airplane here? That was my first, like, my first reaction, I was like, what the plane here? But it was very clear. It didn't have any sound, and it was very clear. And then the people who were on the other side, they said that what they saw were our faces of, like, just all, like, whoa, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I started panicking a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I've always wanted to see an alien, right? And then, like, I've always talked about it, and, like, manifest try to manifest it and things like that and I've definitely like explored a lot in like areas that are like unexplored Mm -hmm. but I started panicking a little bit because then I thought that they were coming yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes and I was like oh no (laughs) now it's really happening yeah and then I just started like you know having this like kind of like nervousness you know and then my husband was like they're not coming everything's fine yeah you know? and I was like well maybe we should go and meet them and he was like I don't think that's a good idea <laughs> you know I would have been like, it oh, let's was, go. It was, like both experiences were very intense and like yeah. they stayed with me for the entirety of like for a few days it's hard to which, shake like, yeah because like you're not used to seeing things like that right they don't happen very often mm-hmm. but so I'm actually having one of my writers write an article about paranormal and uh, astrology because I think I mean I've seen her post a lot about it and uh, I think it's really interesting because I always look at the astrology like those times those two times I've looked at the astrology and it's like an eclipse or at least in my mm-hmm. experience because like since eclipses are like energetic portals Yes. Right? Um, so it's like, okay, so what are we doing next week? Because I want to see something. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I'm curious um, yeah. if you, so like, I'm I'm not sure how much, like, I haven't really talked to you much about like magic or witchcraft or anything, um, but I know that like some astrologers say, don't cast a spell during an eclipse. I kind of love casting spells during eclipses because I feel like there's like a oomph to it. Um, do you have any thoughts on that topic? Yes. I mean, I do practice astrological magic, right? Mm-hmm. I, because I've been traveling in South 
Central and South America lately, that's been a little less than usual because, like, you know, usually you need certain things and certain herbs and certain crystals and things like that. But, I mean, I do kind of agree. Just because of the ura- kind of the uranium element to it, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe... Like, sure, you can cast it, but it might not come out as you expected. Yeah. You tell me. Tell me what your experience with, with those. I mean, I feel like no spell that I cast ever comes out the way I expect it to. Like, I feel like that's sort of like the universe's way is to sort of like right. throw. Like, have you, I mean. I've cast. I've totally cast during um, eclipses, mostly for career growth. And I feel like I, like. If I, you know, and that could be just like the natural progression of working for years. But I cast a spell um, when I was in Portland and I and I had seen the total solar eclipse. I cast a spell for career growth. And so that was, you know, almost four years ago. So like, yeah, there's been a significant change in development, but I don't know for sure if that's like just because of the natural progression of time or if because the spell manifested. But just in general, I think that like, you know, um, my living situation, my romantic situation and part of my career situation, I can attribute to a spell that I did not on an eclipse, but it's still like, oh yeah, I didn't, didn't see it turning out like this. So I feel like I never really know exactly how it's going to work anyway. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that it really depends, you know, and like, I also like, I mean, I was talking about that with a friend and it's like, it just matters so much about also how you like phrase everything and like how to, um, but I mean, I go by the, um, I go by the, um, by the thought of like kind of like the Hindus, the Vedic astrologers, just because like I don't practice Vedic astrology, but like just because I know they've done so much like research, you know, it's like pretty ancient. So like what they do is like they they don't even eat during eclipses. Like the people that practice Vedic astrology, they fast, mm-hmm. you know, they rest, and I feel like. I mean, for me, naturally, it just goes that way. Like, I just tend to, like, because I'm so sensitive as well, kind of like you. I just, like, I just feel tired during full moon, full moon. So if it's, like, an eclipse, it's, like, you know, I try to keep my schedule light. But, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of of that thought of, like, not casting self. But, I mean, it should be interesting to see how it turns out. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I actually think that was the only time I'd ever done it. And it was just because I was there. Now, have you, when you went to see an eclipse, have you ever seen a, like a total solar eclipse? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have. Me and my, yeah. Me and my husband have a group of people that we, we, we call each other eclipse chasers, or at least that's our hashtag. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've seen, I mean, I've seen it. It's, it's incredible. It's an amazing experience just because like, it's so different from everything else. Yes. And, like, um, I actually went to see the one in Leo. Remember the big one, the American? Yeah, that's the one I was, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. I was up in Portland. Yeah. I was in Madras because like, it was one of the places where you could see it total. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. I mean, it was just so chilling and like powerful and like, you could see just the light, you know, just everything turning dark and cold and like, yeah. Um, and I was supposed to go to like Argentina, um, but I kind of knew that was going to get ruined. I even told my the eclipse chasers, I said, some the astrologer, you know, they're like, I was like, I don't think this is going to happen because like the, the astrology of 2020, who knows? It's just going to be crazy. Like, yeah. I don't know. They're like, <laughs> plan it anyway because you know they're like super obsessed with eclipses and I was just like I kind of knew that's why I went to South America like in December of 2019 because like I knew something crazy was going to happen it was going to be out of my control or anyone's control and then literally when I was in Chile 
it was like the COVID started. Oh, shit. So I was really happy that I took three weeks off work because then after that, <laughs> it was not going to happen. Yeah, totally. You know? Um, I do. Yeah, the, sol- the solar eclipse, <clears throat> the solar eclipse that happened in America, I felt like was so special because we were so divided. I mean, we're still so divided, but like everything politically was so divided and there was so much tension and turmoil. Um, but like after that happened, like I remember I was with my, one of my, um, really close friends from when I was in college, he's, he married my college roommate and, um, we were listening to the radio and instead of like whatever bullshit you hear on the news, it was just like Americans going outside and looking to the stars and and, like looking to the sky. And um, they were like interviewing people in every state and like everyone was just like so happy. And it just was like um, so nice to just have a minute where like everyone was focused on something that wasn't a divisive topic. Right. Totally. I mean, I think people are, I mean, I've been in, in, in the astrology world, like I was saying, for 10 years. And like, mm-hmm. when I started, no one cared about it. Yeah. <laughs> no one. No one, no one, no one. And like, and you know, people were like, you know, I would tell them, well, what do you do? I was like, well, I started as an, I started out my career as an editor, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm an editor for horoscope.com. Like, oh, that's weird. I mean, I, I just get all sorts of like, you know, not that I ever cared about what people think. I have a son, you're in a conjunction, but like, yeah. um, it was just, oh, that's interesting. Or like, oh, how do you get in that, into that line? Or like, what is that about? Or like, do you believe in it? You know, it was, a, it, it's just been really funny to see like people totally change their mind about, the stars and the planet and what do they mean yeah. and what they, how they affect us. And like even people who are in, in the scientific community, I mean, of course the older people are a little bit more like, you know, conservative and like, you know, from another generation, but like, it's really amazing to see how people are like, okay, you know, there's this and it makes sense. And, like, when people come for readings, they just get really perplexed, mm-hmm. you know, on the things that you can see yeah. and um, that even no one else has been able to work for them, you know. So it's just pretty, it's pretty amazing to see people's minds opening up more yeah. to, to the cosmos and the stars and, like, and that's why I also think that it's important to have a physical connection to the, to the planet. And that's why, I mean, as much as I can, I really try to spend time in nature, seeing yes. the eclipse and even, you know, going to remote places and like experience. Cause like, it's pretty hard to like go anywhere without light pollution now. You yeah, know? it's true. So, so like for me going to Chile and going to Argentina and come being here in Colombia right now, it's kind of like pretty cool because I mean, sometimes you like bad luck and you're like an eclipse and it's cloudy right? <laughs> and you traveled, you traveled all these miles to do it. But like, you just have to trust the universe and like, be like, that's fine, you know? Um, and like how in different parts of the world, the sky looks different. Uh-huh. So that's, that's pretty fascinating to me too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that connection is important too, um, of like really trying to like physically seeing things and like yeah. experiencing them. Or when you go camping, you know, like that's the perfect experience actually too, of going camping and seeing the stars and like which star is where, yes. you know, or like, because, you know, like last night we were in the jacuzzi outside and we were like, Alex, you know, my husband was like, I wonder what, what planet is that? I was like, that's not a planet. Yeah. It has to be a star because I know that the moon, you know, that day the moon was in Virgo and I know that there's no planet in Virgo. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was funny. Um, I was like, I was camping with my boyfriend and he pointed to Venus and he was like, oh, look, it's the North Star. And I was like, no, that's Venus. 
And then I had gone to Phoenix like that same week and I was um I was sitting outside and talking with my dad and I was like, Oh, look, Venus. And he was like, Yeah, I know. You know what's funny? The other day your mom pointed to it and said, Look, it's the North Star. And I laughed at her and I told her it was Venus. And I was like, Perfect. <laughs> right. Right. Because I mean, I guess you know, the Venus is the, the brightest star, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's, Venus is a planet, obviously, yeah. but like she will because like she reflects the light the the light of the sun like no other mm-hmm. not not even any other star right yeah so um yeah I'm always trying I mean I have that like star chart app to also like guide me you know it's not like I know where everything is mm-hmm. it's like it's quite complicated because everything moves so quickly you know like yes. That, that is but, exactly it. Yeah, sometimes I, like, I mean, I can, I can, find, you know, if it's visible, I can usually find um, Zodiac constellations. But even then still, sometimes I'm like, I think that's, I think that's Libra. Is that Libra? I, I give, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, then I'm like, then I'm like, I'll think something is something. And then I'm like, I get, it gets convoluted in my mind. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, one of my things is like, I, I, I'm always trying to go to really remote places where I can see, mm-hmm. you know, the sky and, and make a connection with it. I think it's um, so spiritual to, we, like when you live in cities or when you live with places with a lot of light pollution, I think that it just becomes something that you just kind of take for granted and aren't like, you know, like you're not just not mindful of like the cosmos and how vast it actually is until you go out and you look at it and it's like, Oh, like, and then you see just like shooting stars. Like there are so many shooting stars. If you actually just go outside where it's dark. Totally. Totally. And I mean, the ancient astrologers really believe that if you can actually see something, you know, you get more affected by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it happened to us one time there was an eclipse. We were in Mexico and there was an eclipse and it was squaring Uranus. <laughs> and um, we were both sick for days after that. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was like some like fish tacos that we ate, right? But like, I mean, I'm Mexican, so I'm like, don't get sick very often. Yeah. And we like literally spent hours seeing the eclipse. And even my mom told me, like, see, I told you not to see that eclipse because it was going to be intense. And I, and I was like, yeah, that's weird because like that eclipse was pretty intense. It was squaring Uranus, and I was like, and it was. We were actually, I was actually very worried about my husband because I've, I've never seen him so sick before, mm-hmm. and um, and it did stay with me, you know, that like perhaps we were like exposed to like <laughs> a crazy Iranian energy, and yeah. like it doesn't matter. Um, and so I, I do like, you know, I mean, I do. I don't necessarily, from astrology or spirituality of everything, I also don't think everything has a formula, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you kind of have to take things with a grain of salt and, like, put them to proof, you know? Like, sometimes what works for you as an astrologer might not work for me, and, like, what works for me might not work for you, you know? So, like, you kind of have to try it yourself and figure out how it manifests. Because yeah. it's not like a formula fits all, you know. That's what I try to explain to people. That's what's like really amazing about this art, yes. you know. Like it's not a formula fits like fits all. It like we're all totally different and mm-hmm. come from different backgrounds. It also affects, right? But um, that's what I really like I'm from spirituality and astrology. I take what works for me and what like I've seen happening, you know, which is like um. And I go from there. I go from that, you know, not just by what people tell me, but. Yeah, no, I I think that's a really important thing to remember because, I mean, I remember when I was starting out to, you know, try and learn astrology, I felt super pressured to fit into a box because there is, you know, like there, it is cut and dry, but it's also subject to interpretation. You know what I mean? And so I think that like, until you find your own style, and I definitely think you have to like grow into it and then you will continue to always kind of grow and evolve it. But I think until you get to that point, 
where you feel confident in your knowledge, it feels like this scary, like this scary science that like you can get wrong. And it's like, well, it's, you know, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you look at it that way, but it's kind of hard to get over that. Yes. I mean, you know, to be honest, I mean, I, I, I have electional astrology as one of my products. Um, I mean, of course, I do a lot of birth chart readings and stuff like that. Yeah. But I do electional astrology because I've taken a lot of courses on like synastry and electional astrology. So like people hire me to get to their wedding date or like even propose, you know, sometimes it's the package. Like some people have hired me to like elect surgery, you know, it's just like, you know, like you have to be sure of yourself of because it's like. It's a big deal. It's yeah. like a lot of responsibility. And like, you know, when I first started doing it, I was like, am I crazy? Like, these people trust me, you know, like, it's a big deal. But like, I mean, I'm pretty confident with my work, you know, and I'm pretty thorough. But like, it's, and I feel really lucky to let that people like trust me with their like big life decisions, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, and also, like, I've done it a lot. I've done it a lot with myself. And my husband, you know, so it's like I put that to, to test. It's not like it's not like I just started doing it, but like, yeah, it's like a big responsibility. And when people trust you, it's like, you know, it it even makes it more special and like sacred to me. You know, yeah, no, it's <laughs> to like, totally. I always thank people for like allowing me to read them because it is. It's very. It it is an honor. It is an honor, and like, you know, I mean, obviously you're in the, on the same boat, but like, they some people share things that they've never shared with anyone, or like, you know, it is a really sacred space in which when you are in that, and I do believe also that it's like astrology is like seventy percent technique and then thirty percent interpretation, mm-hmm. or something like that. Obviously, like, yeah, <laughs> um, like seventy thirty, you know, like. A, around that spectrum but um yeah I mean it's it's a journey and it's kind of you know it can be a little it can get a little crazy so you also have to like keep grounded that's why I like spending so much time in nature because like I spend so much time like talking about the cosmos and everything and like staying grounded it's like important yeah because it's all of your senses because you smell you smell all the good trees and you can hear the sounds of nature instead of like humans or technology or noise but um I also think that it's just really nice to be somewhere that's so secluded people can't reach you like you don't have a working phone which like obviously we can't do that often because we're both pretty reliant on social media and the internet to do our jobs. Like, it's just like, I, like I hear people taking a break from social media for a month and I'm like, well, I'll never ever be able to do that because I run my business off Instagram. Um, but it's nice when you can like carve out a little bit of time to just completely fall off. Yeah. I don't think I could do it like a month. I'm either. I mean, I think it's necessary. Like, but that's why when I do it, it, it can only be like a certain time and it kind of has to be done for me. Like we recently went to, to Galapagos while we were in Ecuador mm-hmm. and there was no internet on the boat. Nice. So, <laughs> and like I was told, you know, like when you go into the islands, like you're still going to have internet for like the net, the first seven hours and then you won't. Yeah, and so those seven hours, I still did a little bit of work, but then I was like, have to let, let it go, you know. And it's actually nice not having to like worry about, you know, yeah, what's happening in your in your Instagram. Yeah, no, nice. it is nice. Um, but to be honest, I don't think I could do it for a month. Like <laughs> I absolutely, I'm absolutely, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one. like my business would crumble. I don't know, like you know, and, and like also like being seen. It's just important for people to remember that they can go to you for a reading, too. Plus, that's like so much of my, so many of my colleagues are, you know, I plug in through Instagram with so many of my colleagues too. So it's just like, I'm curious though. Um, 
kind of what, because we have an eclipse coming up on the 26th, and then the other one I think is what, like June 10th or something? Um, I'm curious. It is? I'm really impressed with myself for just remembering that. Um, (laughs) I'm curious kind of what you, I know that eclipses inherently are unpredictable, but I'm curious kind of what you think the energy might be like for both of these eclipses. Well, for this one coming up, um, yeah, well, I was right. I'm, I'm a little more, um, my mind is fresher with this one coming up because, um, so it's happening at five degrees of Sagittarius. So it's going to affect, um, people with the, you know, between, I would say zero and 10 degrees of the mutable sign. Um, it's kind of tricky because, so first of all, right. So this eclipse, obviously it's ruled by Jupiter because it's in Sagittarius mm-hmm. and, and it's squared by Jupiter. So, but you know, as you know, the squares to Jupiter are positive, you know, because Jupiter is like quote unquote benefit. So that, that helps, you know, like that Jupiter is ruling the eclipse and also like Jupiter being in Pisces, which is like, he's dignified, right. And not get retrograde. So he's able to like, so, like, this, even though eclipses, these lunar eclipses are about endings and finales and climaxes and turns, right? The fact that Jupiter is the ruler, well, yeah, something might end, but it might be in your best interest. Yeah. Or, like, or it might be necessary for your growth, you know, or something better is coming. Um, the only thing that I see in these eclipses, too, is that, like, I mean... Because, I mean, Pisces is also activated because Neptune, right? It depends on what you think of rulership. But, like, in modern astrology, Jupiter would be in Neptune's territory, mm-hmm. right? And also Venus and Mars are connecting to Neptune. So, like, Venus is in a square to Neptune and Mars is in a trine to Neptune. Okay. So, I feel like that adds another layer of, that's adds a little layer, not a little, maybe a thick layer of confusion yeah. that the two cosmic lovers are like connecting to Neptune. So I'm thinking a lot of these endings probably be about relationships and like, so I'm a little like, kind of like, yeah, like good, but also like things might be pretty confusing around this time. They're not really going to, these are not really going to be as they seem, yeah. you know? Um, so, and still, because the South Notice in, in, in Sagittarius, we're just releasing all these beliefs, you know, releasing all these, like, ways of thinking about how we are in relationships. And that totally makes sense with the pandemic and, like, couples spending so much time together. You know, we're literally releasing an old way of, like, thinking of how we're relating to each other, you know, and, and on a bigger scale, I think that relates a lot to like society as well. You know, we think that things should be a certain way and actually not, you know, like, so with the sad note in Sagittarius, it's just like, yeah, we need to be releasing all this. What's holding us back? All these beliefs that we're totally set on. Because let's be real. I mean, Sagittarius is a mutable sign, but kind of stuck in its beliefs. Yeah. You know? It's like, true. I'm so open-minded. I'm stuck on being so open-minded, you know, <laughs> in a way. I mean, so it's like, I know the Sagittarian energy very well. Like, so it's like, yeah, there's all that release. And I, I just, also think that things are even now just getting really busy because Jupiter is involved and Jupiter magnifies, right? Mm-hmm. So it magnifies everything that it touches. So squaring the sun and the moon, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think at the end of the day, this eclipse will bring good stuff. It's just that we're not going to get the full story right away because Neptune's like clouding everything. Yeah. And I think that's just sort of like kind of to like a good, 
way to think about it, how you'd mentioned like, yeah, like you might have some sort of change that might not be the most welcome happening during this time, but it is for your growth and it will be like something that you look back on and realize that it was like probably for the best. So like, I feel like if anyone's having a hard time through these eclipses, that that should be the thing that you like hold on to and try to stay calm. Like you're just growing, you're growing through whatever it is. Right. And like, yes, I mean like for the people that, for people that have Sagittarius placement, which is where the South note currently is, you know, like, it's like a big clean out, you know, it's like things are leaving and, and situations are ending, but it's because there, there's, there's gotta be more room created for the new, you know, which is mm-hmm. like on the other side of the chart, which is like Gemini. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to have. And also the, the other thing I forgot to say, like in this, like, in this, like, uh, full moon eclipse I mean that's also what helps is that Venus is still in Gemini you know it's not conjunct the eclipse but it's still in Gemini and it helps it helps to have a benefic in that sign yeah you know so and that's why I also think that even though Venus is not exactly conjunct the eclipse having Venus being in Gemini I also think that's why it's about a relationship too yeah definitely yeah that's so true uh, but we will only see, you know, like I was saying, who knows? <laughs> this eclipse yeah. is like, whoa. I know. Yeah. Wild eclipse heart. seasons are like, okay, I expect to, you know, have to watch my stress levels and try to just take things slowly, <laughs> which is hard because everything makes you feel like you have to move faster. Like I always feel like pressured to rush and then I have to remember like, no, just take it slow. Just be cool. Like just chill. Right. Totally. And also like trusting that whatever is ending, you know, mm-hmm. and give it a little bit of time because like then this is a good segue. Then in two weeks you have the new moon solar eclipse. So yeah. then that's where like the beginning the, or at least the seed is planted of like yeah. whatever begins. What your new, you know? yeah, what the new lessons are and what you're taking in now, the new information. Right. And like, so that new moon eclipse is conjunct a Mercury. Oh. <laughs> which is going to be retrograde by then. Yeah. Which is going to be retrograde by then. And it's squaring Juno. Okay. I mean, sorry, oppo- sorry, opposing opposing Juno retrograde in Sagittarius. <laughs> but it's also squaring Neptune, right? So it's like. You see, there's a story here because, like, if the sun and the moon are in Gemini, conjunct Mercury retrograde, uh, opposing Juno retrograde in Sagittarius, squaring Neptune. And you see, there's a Neptunian yeah. story here, too. So yeah. that's what's tricky about That's what's like trippy about astrology. There's always like the signs always point to that. There's always like, a story and it's like related to that planet that keeps on showing up, you know, in this case, again, Neptune's involved. Yeah. Which is just, yeah, that like, so more confusion, more things not being exactly what they seem, but also, I don't know, whenever I see like a Neptune square, especially if it pertains to like anything that has to do with relationships, like if it's, there's like a Venus square Neptune or something, I'm like, you better be careful of people who are too charming. Like, you know, there's something else going on. Watch out for that charisma. Yeah, and also Mars is going to be at the last degree of cancer, Mm -hmm. right? So at the critical degree. Yeah. Opposing Pluto. Yeah. So I actually think, and then then Jupiter is kind of like not out of the picture, but it's not really involved. It's lost interest. Jupiter lost interest. (laughs) It's unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, which is like Jupiter is actually not doing anything in, in, in this chart. So, um, that, you know, that kind of tells me, I feel like because of the involvement of Neptune, we're going to take a while to see the effects of this eclipse. Yeah. 
the of these eclipse seasons. Yeah. Not even not even just the new moon eclipse, but the whole because you know the eclipses come in pairs, right? right As exactly. You know, they just, yeah. So I think it's gonna. I, I might be one of those times in which like we're not really gonna know how it's how it turns out because like there's so much fog. So you have to kind of. I mean, what I've been what I've been um, writing and communicating is like <laughs> wait, wait. You don't have the full story yet. Mercury is retrograde. <laughs> Juno is retrograde. Like you don't have the full story. Like yeah. wait a little bit, make any like big decisions because you things are not the way they are. So while I think the full moon lunar eclipse, like the endings and whatever happens at that time, it's in your best interest, you might not really know or figure it out in a few months. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The story is not, it's, yeah, you haven't read it yet. It's still being written. <laughs> Yeah, because it's that should be interesting that that Mercury retrograde is, is conjunct that lunation. I would be you know? yeah, I would be interested though to sort of like dream journal around this time because Neptune does have such a presence to see if like even though it is a square to see if there's information that comes through. I oh like I Neptune like is not my favorite because I'm I feel very sensitive to its effects and like it's totally like gotten me in the past and it, it my dreams get crazy whenever Neptune's active so interesting to watch right yeah I mean you know it's a funny relationship mm-hmm. like I have a funny relationship with Neptune because I have a moon trying Neptune uh, so I like it and it's literally like a huge source of inspiration but I will not lie about it being a tricky kind of Especially because it's the trine, mm-hmm. you know, it's sneaky. It's yeah. sneaky. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, you know. I mean, I used to be like, oh yeah, I'm so I'm so like psychic and sensitive, you know. To have like these like moon Neptune, but it's like at the same time, it's like a witness. Also, yeah, no, it's you know? true. Psychic being being like, it yeah, can be. it can be. It, it totally can be. can be. And also too, like. Sometimes psychic information just feels so convoluted and it's like it can drive you crazy when you know there's like a message, but you can't decode it. And then it's like, what am I waiting for to happen? You know what I mean? Or like you'll know something's going to happen, but you can't do anything to prevent it. And so it's just like, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I agree with you that it is a perfect time to journal and like do dream work. Mm-hmm. because um, a lot of people will be downloading information. Yeah. And that information might not be something you, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Like decipher right away? Yeah, totally. It, it will make sense later during time. So, you know, probably once that degree of the eclipse gets activated, you know, that's how it normally happens like you know astrologers if you really want to like predict and like see when things are gonna, things are gonna like manifest is like you look at the, the the degree of what the eclipse happened especially now because this is a new moon eclipse so right it's like a beginning mm-hmm. uh this degree which is like 19 i believe um the 19 degree of Gemini, right? Yeah. So it's like whenever any other planet can either square it or, or conjunct, I, I would say, that's when you get the actual message from Neptune. That's so. cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to track that because I've never looked at it from that perspective. So I'm going to experiment with it. <laughs> right, because it could even be in six months, right? Yeah. It would be like, um, so anytime like, Mars, you know, the triggers, Mars, or any of the, I would say Mars or Venus, like, triggers that degree again, that, that like, reinforces the energy on the eclipse, and that's when things actually happen, or when, like, you, you're able to actually see yeah. what 
what what the seed the seed was what 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 that seed all about. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I might crack it too. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a fun experiment. <laughs> I'm definitely, yeah. I'm definitely going to have to have you on again. We've already recorded over an hour, so we'll have to, we'll have to end it for now, but thank you so much for coming on. If there are people who want to find you online, how should they do that? Yeah. So I am, my website is Naramon, N-A-R-A-M-O-N, Naramon.com. And then uh, on Instagram, I am Naramon Artology. So but yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm like, I love nerding out about this subject. Me too. So. I know. And I'm like, I like, I want to like, I never, okay. So like, I never know when astrologers are deep into the paranormal or not, because I feel like astrology is sort of like the tool that we work with most. But now that I know you're into like aliens and stuff, like we're going to have to, we're going to have to do this again. Like maybe like just in general, continue the conversation. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Because I mean, I'm fascinated by all this. You know, I, I guess it's like my moon, my moon Neptune. But um, yeah, I'm like always chasing for experiences. Yeah, you know, yeah, even if they same. freak me out. Oh yeah, the scarier, <laughs> the freakier, the better. As long as I survive. Like. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. But thank you so much, Renan. Like, I love working with you. So yeah, likewise, thank you likewise. So much. Yeah, thank you. 